<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is Stand Up, Speak Up, the podcast that raises awareness and encourages support to those feeling hurt, lost, or forgotten. Welcome to the Stand Up, Speak Up podcast, where we start conversations about topics that are misrepresented, stigmatized, and could use more attention. I'm Matt Cundell, and on this episode, we're taking a look into the world of sex trafficking. The trafficking of people is something that happens in every country of the world and is likely happening in your own hometown or community. It's a billion-dollar industry that is rarely talked about. Trafficking is so difficult to stop because those sold into slavery are commonly made too ashamed to come forward to tell their stories. We would like to help shed some light on this industry with a series of letters from the players involved. Trafficking usually starts with someone deciding to get into the business of selling other humans. In sex trafficking, this is usually the pimp. This first letter illustrates a pimp's motivations and how they persuade vulnerable people into working for them. I don't care about you. I don't care about your mother or your auntie. You're all the same to me. Cha-ching! Just another payout. You are all the same. Insecure, looking for someone to come along and tell you how beautiful you are, how special you are. <laughs> oh, I'm good at what I do. First, I pick one, and it don't matter how smart you are, or where you're from, or if your parents love you. Sometimes, I like a challenge. I pick the most uptight girl I can find at times, but other times, I go for a weak one. You know, girls turned on by gold and purses, makeup, shoes and things, begging to get in the game. So I start talking. Oh damn girl, I never seen someone like you. It's a game and I'm the undefeated champ, baby. <laughs> I say exactly what I need to to make you fall for me and I buy you things. I hate that part really cause you're not worth it. But I do it cause it works make you feel special and wanted so you fall hard and you forget everything else oh yeah sometimes i tell you to do it for me if you love me you sleep with them so i can get paid cha-ching <laughs> if you love me you do it so we can get enough money to run away together baby other times i'll make it out like i'm in trouble baby this guy will kill me if you don't work for him Please, baby, do it for me. And when it's really tough to get her to go for it, I just get her drunk and take some pictures when she's passed out. Most of them can't hold a liquor. So I send those nasty pictures, and I mean real nasty stuff. And I say, so now how about you get on that street corner or else mommy and daddy and all your friends at school see these pictures? Then it's all good. Once she start hustling, there's no way out. She know who the boss is. Slap her around when she mouth off and let her know she ain't going nowhere. 
get her hooked on some drugs, heroin, meth, whatever, and she don't even think about leaving. And I find myself another one. Cha-ching! To make banquet. Y'all the same to me. So, I don't know. Maybe you're next. Maybe your best friend. But I do know you won't see me coming. <laughs> nah, you won't see me. When I'm done talking my slang, you will do anything. According to one study, nearly one-third of pimps interviewed said they entered the underground commercial sex trade because they grew up around it. Pimps recruit individuals of all ages, genders, and races. They recruit sex workers at bus stops, nightclubs, strip bars, malls, high schools, college campuses, local neighborhoods, online, and social media. They are always looking for an opportunity. They use a variety of methods to get a victim involved and find ways of trapping them into the lifestyle. One of them is getting them addicted to hard drugs. Only 21% of pimps said their greatest fear is being arrested. And 18% said they fear for their own personal safety. They aren't very afraid of the consequences. Making an appealing means for them to make more money. So I thought I would investigate, how does a pimp know how to be a pimp? I mean, who do they turn to for advice? And I actually found a form that pimps write to each other. And I mean, this all could be fake and they could just be pretending they're pimps and doing this online. Or maybe there's an element of truth to some of them. But it's pretty amazing how they talk. They definitely talk like a woman is just a product. And they ask things like, how do I get my girl to be more in line? How do I set her straight? How do I deal with her when she's grumpy? Um, this one guy's like, is it possible to pimp while driving 18 wheelers across the country? Anybody have tips for a young pimp? And it's like, okay, is that somebody disguising themselves as a police officer to find which truckers are in the pimping business? You know, some of the comments are, yeah, force them to live in the trailer, carry them around with you everywhere you go, to maybe try not calling them bitches. Works for me. Hmm. I call them all bitches. They don't mind, so you shouldn't. Just because they never flipped on you doesn't mean you should blindly trust them. Cover your ass against any possible threat. And some of the ones like, no, th these bitches, they usually got kids that can't leave. So just drop her off in a particular city. And then um, just kind of make sure she gives you the money or get a busload of bitches fresh out of college. I'm like, hmm, is that, are these, are these just like people that want to act like they're bitches? Like, I, I, I don't get it. Like, this guy is, you know, I'm in Alabama. I got this 18-year-old chick. She's mixed Latin from Miami. Um, and I met her on Instagram, and I'm putting her on the Greyhound. Um, she's on house arrest, so I told her it was a better deal what I had. But she's way too much work. And I, I don't know if she's worth it, but she's making money from day one, and... 
then they're like, okay, yeah, don't let her leave the hotel, rent you something clean to get around in and, and don't rely on her, but just don't let her out of your sight. I mean, I'm thinking there's no way that this is real. Or then I'm like, if it is, I can't believe they're on a forum talking. Like this guy's like, I'm looking at how to get my hoe to turn tricks in a new town where there's no track. So track is something they seem to refer to as they walk the track or an area that's used to having um, sex workers there. So in each city or town, there's usually a few tracks. You know, in, in Hamilton, Ontario, it's it's right downtown around Jackson Square is, is a track in Toronto, it would be more Church and Girard. So there's, in your city, there'll definitely be a track. And if you go there at night, you'll see more of a scene. Um, but it's amazing to say, how do you find the track? I didn't think it was so hard to find tracks. I find like if you drive around a city, you pretty much figure that out. It's interesting how they're saying, how do you get a girl that's not, how do I recruit online? How do I recruit a bitch through social media? So there's a few comments here. So one guy says, get to know the bitch and watch what you're saying online. Don't say anything incriminating online because you're not 100% sure who you're talking to. If you want your current bitch to get other bitches for you, then the first thing you need to do is make sure she likes other bitches and has her lick her license. Lick her license. I'm, I'm sure that's a reference to something that I'm just too ignorant. Okay, I have to put that as a note to figure out what a lick her license is. It's not lick her license. It's like lick her license. Does that mean that she's bisexual or she'll be comfortable with girl on girl? Another one said, is what he said, I said, I've said before, just do your thing. Say no more. Hova. I'm a ghost. I know that this person makes completely no sense. But I think, and there's like so many. I mean, it's like unbelievable how many pimp questions there are. So here's a guy, been in the game a few years, but doing it small time, going from country to country, I mean, country to country, turning out at most three at a time and making some scratch for a few weeks or months before splitting. Jump change for most VPs, but it keeps me going most of the time. If I go back to the same spot, I still got the same hose on lock. Question is, I'm thinking of trying to make it all keep happening even when I'm gone without my presence. Is that possible? Hmm. So nobody replied to this one. Maybe they can read through the lines that it's not a real pimp and it's somebody trying to gather information or Maybe they don't know the answers or like literally maybe, you know, this is just one big like teenage boys that are pretending they're somebody. I don't know. And it's amazing. Like this guy's like, I don't know if I should choose my son or my hoe because I guess he had a child with his girl that he works on the street and he's starting to feel guilty because his son's starting to say, does mommy still have to work? Can't you just 
let her be at home. I'm like, okay, he's five. I'm like, wow. I mean, there's like, wow, that kid's going to be in for a lot of drama. Um, he's going to need a lot of therapy for sure. So anyways, I, I just look at this and I think, oh my gosh, they even have a review site. They're actually saying, um, in the internet era, do you guys ever get um, feedback or do you guys ask for um, rates on how good the girl did as a job? I'm like, okay. So they're actually saying, um, how do you collect reviews? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we do reviews. Um, we do promos, we offer free sessions, we extend dates in the future. If they promise to write a review, I'm like, okay, wait, I got to go find, where are all these reviews? So they run it like it's a business. Like, okay, we gave you a service. Now tell us how we can improve it. I mean, that really tells you how the girls are seeing a pure product. I don't, I mean, I kind of always knew that, so I'm not surprised, but... I think I'm surprised how they don't seem to pretend they're anything but products. Like this one guy's like, oh yeah, it's good to get reviews because it can show her strengths and weaknesses and you can give her criticism or praise depending on what the review is. I'm like, is this guy like, I'm like a man, like do some of these pimps go to like business school and they learn how to better manage their pimps? Anyways, um, yeah. There is advice columns for pimps. The sex trafficking industry does not survive on pimps alone. They need customers who are willing to pay for sex from seemingly willing or totally forced victims of trafficking. Our second letter comes from a John, someone who has paid for the services of a sex worker. Procon.org reports that between 15 and 20% of men in the U.S. have paid for sex at least once in their lifetime. In countries like Cambodia and Thailand, places that are known for their sex trade, as many as 75% of men have engaged in paid sex. So why would someone you know, maybe even a friend or family member, pay for sex? Let's find out in this reading of a real-life John story. I remember the first time I was with a prostitute. I'm not sure how I ended up there. I know I was upset and drunk. My wife and I had just fought and I needed to get out. I had a few drinks at the bar, then a few more. Then the next thing I knew, I was in some cheap motel room with some woman who charged me $150. She was okay. The sex was okay. But my escape from the real world felt so good. Since then, I've had a lot of other women. Some of them were okay. Some of them were really memorable. All of them were paid for. There's no attachment. It's not like it is with my wife. I don't have to worry about her feelings, or if she feels as good as I do. I can just get off. No complications. I think the women like me. I mean, come on. If you're a prostitute, you must just enjoy having sex. It's not like I hold a gun to their heads. They do what they're good at, and they get paid for it. Besides, it's not like I'm some old geezer who makes them cringe. I'm clean, nice. Hell, some might even say I'm good looking. So they want it. They want me. Why should I feel bad about that? This isn't some third world country where the women are tied down to a bed and forced to take it. I don't see any chains. I don't see any signs of abuse. 
I just see a woman who wants me. Sometimes they look at me with those bedroom eyes and I think they want it more than I do. Maybe they do. They must like sex to be in this line of work. I don't feel guilty. I pay them well. How much do you get paid for an hour of work? They get a lot more than most people. More than some businessmen even. So why should I feel bad? We have sex, I pay her, and I go on with my life. The end. It's just sex, right? Just a quick interjection. I'm Zach Tolstoy, one of the founders of Stand Up Speak Up. Our podcast is just one part of the Stand Up Speak Up brand. We are supported by an online store of the same name where we sell a variety of artisan products. We have an ongoing blog series with over a dozen contributors, and we offer a series of interactive workshops. Throughout the different iterations of Stand Up Speak Up, our core message and purpose have always been the same. To create a site that allows our customers and us more opportunities to speak up about and support causes, organizations, and groups that we're passionate about, and that of course could use additional support. My mother and I have learned about allyship over the years from what feels like a thousand and one places and people. We want to encourage members of this fantastic Stand Up Speak Up community to come along and learn with us. So along with our team, we created this workshop featuring videos, articles, and exercises that have really helped the two of us in our own journey towards allyship. Don't worry, it doesn't cost any money, and you don't need to make an account to access the information. We want to make our workshop as accessible as possible because we believe in our message and understand the importance of spreading awareness. The Ally Workshop is split into eight parts, including interactive quizzes and helpful videos. It's intended to introduce you to new skills and courses of action in the world of allyship. The workshop is easy to use and can be done entirely on your cell phone, tablet, or computer at your own pace, with each of the eight sections taking an average of about 15 minutes or so to complete, or a breezy couple hours on a Sunday afternoon. It's interesting when you put in is it okay to pay for sex? So much different things come up, such as why pay for sex when women love older men? I mean, it's just another way of paying for sex, but they disguise it as a relationship that just costs a little bit of money. And then there's, of course, Ashley Madison. Don't pay an escort. Have an affair instead. Guaranteed. But I do know that on Ashley Madison, that's where a lot of escorts promote their services. So that's kind of known in the industry So it's not like you're just meeting other married women that just can't wait to have sex with a guy like whoever the kind of guy that is looking and cruising the internet for quick sex. And then it kind of gets into the moral and value dilemmas on the church Christian sites, which tells people how wrong it is and and what sinners they are and, and they will go to hell for even thinking of paying for sex. And then there's a group, even I went on, called Social Anxiety. And this one guy was saying, I don't, I have so much social anxiety, I can't meet a girl to even lose my virginity and I'm 30. And then it's almost a different conversation. But I'd say in that conversation, most people said, no, 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 don't do it. You'll regret it. It'll just cause you more anxiety. The best is to get to counseling and try to figure out how to have a real relationship. Because if you pay for sex, it'll be filled of, of guilt and, and shame, and it's not great for the healing process. And then you go into forums where they're like, yeah, of course I do that 
all the time. And you almost wonder, do they really do it all the time? I mean, I think a lot of people say, oh, yeah, yeah, I do it all the time. But I think to actually get in the car, go down the street or even pick up the phone and call an escort is kind of scary. You know, because you don't really know who's on the other line and you don't really know when you're going down the streets who you're going to get. So I think the big thing that's really recommended is these webcams and dirty talk and, and sex talk um, and just doing it through the Internet and not actually having any face to face. So, yes, those women on the webcams are still completely exploited. But, you know, maybe at least it's better than going to a real live person um, that has to kind of have that experience with you. But I'm sure webcam girls would say that they also feel great shame. So anyways, it was kind of an interesting time on the internet for me reading just everybody's different views and everybody's different dilemmas as it comes to the question of is it okay to pay for sex? Contrary to what men like to believe, prostitution is not a profession women pursue because they like the work. I get challenged on this a lot. I know that statement hurts a lot of egos. A lot of men have said to me, I've talked to prostitutes, they love it. Or they just like having sex. They might as well get paid for it. But I'm thinking, I don't think a little girl wakes up and says, I hope one day I'm going to sell my body for money. Just doesn't seem right. Most prostitutes get into trade because of poverty, drug addiction, fear of violence. They've been so sexually abused in the past that they're cold and indifferent. Many experts argue that female sex workers are not actually the real drivers of prostitution. It survives because the demand is there. Sex with a prostitute is about seeking revenge on women, or it could be about exerting control over them. It can also be about the ease. There's less hassle with the prostitute. People also say that Johns frequently speak about sex as if it's a consumer product. It's just like going to McDonald's to have a burger. Some Johns think women are risky and complicated. They don't always want to deal with what they call female drama. Prostitutes are so much less effort than a girlfriend or a wife could ever be. But why would a man turn to a prostitute? What kind of guy finds a girl attractive who is there because she has to be there? Because she's actually not interested in him or in love. There isn't any commitment. Common as you might think paying for sex may be, New research came out and said that otherwise. Actually, less than 1% of males actually go and seek out paid sex often. Many times it's very situational. It's available in front of them. Maybe they want a trip to Vegas or in their hotel for business and it's right in front of them. Whatever the reason, they don't usually go seeking it. The biggest thing is that mostly Johns are just pretty normal people. One study shows there's no certain type of man who goes to prostitutes. Maybe your next door neighbor, your husband, your uncle, your dad, your colleagues, your boss, just normal everyday people. That's why we need to speak up about it. Research shows again and again that women who agree to enter into prostitution are doing it out of a lack of choice and the feeling that there is no better option for them. They exist in survival mode. 
and get caught in a cycle that becomes harder and harder to leave. Even in places where prostitution is legalized and somewhat regulated, still more than three-quarters of sex workers report being abused and mistreated by pimps and johns. Our third and final letter tells the story of a woman who was forced into prostitution and how she never saw this coming for her life. I could be your daughter, your granddaughter. I could be your niece. I could be someone you raised, someone you loved, someone you believed was going to do great things. You thought you gave me everything I needed. You gave me everything you had. But I'm the girl that ended up on the streets. It started with me meeting someone and falling in love. I was just going into puberty and vulnerable. I only wanted to be noticed by a man. All it took was him calling me beautiful, calling me special. And I was his. I was hooked. After that, it was just a matter of making sure that you never found out. He told me that you would never let us be together. So I hid it from you. I was the girl that hid things from you. I lied about where I was going and what I was doing. When you asked me how I was, I said what you wanted to hear. I was keeping secrets from you. I had this secret life with a man I never told you about. He made me feel so good. So special. He made me think I could do anything and be anyone I wanted when I was with him. We were going to do amazing things together. We were going to conquer the world. I'm also the girl who made bad decisions because I didn't know what I know now. He told me that if we went away together, we could be together. We wouldn't have to follow any rules. And I believed him because I loved him and he told me that he loved me. It happened and it happened so fast. I found myself on the streets doing favors for men. I did it for him because he loved me and because he said it was temporary. We needed the money so we could stay together. Soon we could afford to run away together. I believed him, but soon I stopped believing. By then it was too late. I had already stopped feeling. I stopped caring. It wasn't about love anymore. It was about dependence. No one else would want me because of what I did. So I was his. I was under his spell and I became whatever he wanted me to be. I did whatever he wanted me to do. I couldn't tell you. I wanted to, but I couldn't. If I told you about the terrible things I'd done, you wouldn't want me. You'd be disgusted and I would be completely alone. Now that I think about it, I... I wonder why I didn't get out. It seems like maybe I did have a chance to get out. But it didn't feel like I did. I felt like I was nothing with nowhere to go. I couldn't see a way out. I could be your daughter, your granddaughter, your niece. I could be someone you raised, someone you loved, 
Someone you believed was going to do great things. You thought you gave me everything I needed. You gave me everything you had. I had a lot of things going for me. So please, don't think that I could never happen to you. Because I can. In order to make the letter read seem more real, I want to introduce you to Holly Smith. She's a survivor of child sex trafficking in America. And she wrote a book called Walking Prey. And I'm going to read out a little bit of her story. At age 14, I was shy, insecure, and an angry teenager. I had just graduated from eighth grade, and I was afraid of starting high school. I was afraid of getting beat up. I was afraid of never finding a boyfriend. And I was afraid of losing my friends. I was depressed and in need of real help and guidance. I grew up in southern New Jersey, in a town so small that I had known most of my friends since kindergarten. In middle school, my friends and I often hung out at the local mall, and it was this mall where I met a man who picked me out of a crowd and asked me for my phone number. I felt special that he picked me, and he told me that I was special when we talked on the phone. He said I was too mature for high school, that I was pretty enough to be a model, and that he could introduce me to famous musicians to help me become a songwriter. As a kid who grew up on MTV, this was my dream. After we talked on the phone for about two weeks, this man suggested that I run away from home with him, and I did. Within hours of running away, I was forced into prostitution and coerced into working on the streets and the casino hotels of Atlantic City, New Jersey. The first man to whom I was sold to told me, that I reminded him of his granddaughter. Today's conversation was a hard one. No one wants to imagine a loved one being abused. But it's important to realize the threat. Human trafficking is growing faster than any other organized crime in the world right now. And it's happening in every single country. It's happening right in our own backyards. The industry is worth billions and billions of dollars and goes after the vulnerable. It goes after kids that have run away, homeless youth, victims of domestic violence or sexual assault, and anyone else vulnerable. One in six runaways are likely to become sex trafficking victims. 4.5 million people are trapped into forced sexual globally. So although I'd like to say that this victim story is unique, it's not. This episode is meant to educate everyone that human trafficking could happen to anyone. And we have to take action to stop it. This is a conversation that is difficult for many people to talk about, especially with loved ones. But keep in mind that the average age the girls enter into prostitution in the U.S. is 12 to 14 years old. It is up to us as parents, mentors, and advocates to make sure everyone, even children, are aware of the dangers and threats the trafficking brings. The more informed a child is, the more likely they will be able to avoid getting into the situation where they could be vulnerable to traffickers. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to learn more about sex trafficking throughout the world, check out sharedhope.org or polarisproject.org for more information.
Carla and the rest of those associated with Stand Up Speak Up want to show our support to anyone who has a similar story and encourage you to find the help that you need to find healing. If you would like to help start conversations about topics like these, please check out the designs at StandUpSpeakUpApparel.com. All of our designs were created to help advocates like you. Wear the shirt. Start the conversation. Special thanks to our host, Carla Stevens-Tolstoy, and episode producer, Jessica DeBrun. I'm Matt Kundal. Thanks for listening. The Stand Up Speak Up podcast is made in Canada. Copyright 2018. Find us online at StandUpSpeakUpApparel.com. If you have a moment, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening to Stand Up Speak Up. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.